0: Are you tired of putting yourself last, of taking care of everybody else's needs, and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now instead of living life exhausted frustrated and disconnected from your authentic self maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create join a radio host and life choreographer laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt find your fetish laugh out loud accept unconditionally navigate the negative and trust in your truth Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle.
1: I'm Laura Cheadle, and if you have been listening to my show for a while, you know that my show focuses on how to build your dreams and live your sparkle. And we use the five steps of Flaunt in learning how to build your dreams and live your sparkle. Now, if you've lived in this world, for more than, oh, five minutes, you (laughs) might have had things that dull your sparkle. You might have had things that happen that weren't things that you planned on having happen to you or to your friends and your family and loved ones. And that's what we're going to focus on in today's show is how to get out of that state of fear or even panic that, oh my gosh, this isn't what I planned, and to go on and to be able to still build an amazingly beautiful life, to build your dreams and live your sparkle through those five steps of Flaunt as well as through a variety of other tools. Now, as a refresher, or if you're a first-time listener, as an introduction, Flaunt is an acronym The F stands for find your fetish. The L stands for laugh out loud. The AU stands for accept unconditionally, and that is the golden center of flaunt. N stands for navigate, navigate the negative. And T stands for trust in your truth. So for today's show, we have got an incredible guest whose humor and wit an ability to transform a seemingly negative situation into something pretty positive is going to blow you away. She is the author of the book Bonjour, Breast Cancer. I'm still smiling. And she wrote it under the name Princess Diane von Brain is Fried. And I don't know about you, but my brain has been fried quite a few times in this lifetime. The back of her book says, when Princess Diane von Brainesfried is not smashing champagne bottles over the bows of ships or blogging her brains out at her palace desk in the kingdom of www.princessdianevonbrainisfried.com, she's a motivational speaker and a certified positive psychology life coach. She recently put the rubber to the road and her money where her, ma- her mouth is, having kicked breast cancer's arse without losing her happiness mojo. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Diane.
2: Hi, I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I love that introduction. I love <laughs> your flaunt. I love your sparkle. I love everything.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Okay. Sparkle happiness you're the laughter queen. I know you, you laugh way quote unquote too much totally. for some people <laughs> okay, so let's just dive right into your story you're i mean first of all, for people who don't know what positive psychology is, can you give listeners just a brief outline of what that field of practice is
2: sure it's it's kind of divergent from what what a regular psychology is in that they're focusing on what is your strength as opposed to what's going wrong, kind of. So instead of diving in to, um, and I'm no medical doctor, disclaimer, disclaimer, you know, I'm just a lay person, but you can study the way I can just by reading or whatever. Um, But the idea is it's focusing on what's going right. And that whole shift in thinking really can open your world up because Mm -hmm. you have, everyone has strengths and everyone has problems, but you know, what are we going to focus on?
1: Exactly, exactly. So here you are, this pretty naturally positive person who, you know, has studied positive psychology and bam, you have some pretty major stuff that happened in your life. Can you share that?
2: Yes, and that is a very good point actually because um I am naturally born kind of sunshiny and when that happened, I said to myself Am I, what's going to happen to me? Like, is my whole personality that I know myself as, is that going to go down the drain? And um, one of the things I would like listeners to know, and you put your finger on it, is you can't get through this life without some kind of, you know, everyone has faces trauma. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm gonna be giving myself permission to be happy. And it's this permission that we have to give ourselves when things go wrong. And um another thing that I said to myself, and, and also I want listeners to know is that sometimes you have to give yourself the grace of time to figure things out, right? It doesn't always hit you. You gotta, you know, you gotta let yourself Sift. So I gave myself that grace of time and kind of listened to that still small voice inside. And what I heard was if I let cancer steal my joy, then I've died while I'm still alive. And that was a big thing. And that was kind of the turning point from my trajectory, possibly downward, to say, no, I can be who I am. I can try to find the positivity. But um, it does start with a decision. You do have to make that decision.
1: Yes. Oh, thank you for that. And you know what? Also, thank you for just giving listeners the grace and the space of realizing nobody, nobody hears you have cancer or any other traumatic thing and they go, oh, bam. Well, I choose to be happy. So great. Um, what's next?
2: hundred percent that's that's a beautiful point that's right it's like a direction that you have to set your sales in hence the the decision and um and that's really what has to happen and you also have to do, I call them my palace pop-up pity parties I still have yeah. them but um it's funny I, I just thought the other day and this isn't in the book because I thought of it right <laughs> Whatever, but But (laughs) book number two, (laughs) never too late. (laughs) That's why we have your show. Exactly. I I realize it's kind of like a nice little chart, a flow chart, and I realize this kind of flow chart for transformation is transferable. Whether you're trying to be more positive, whether you're trying to lose weight, it's kind of like this thing that that happens, and it's a you can say first you need a decision and then you need the strategies, and then the strategies become habits, and after that's the transformation, and I kind of saw it more crystallized as that being a very transferable chart, so I, I again, that business of, okay, I had to make the decision, and the decision is, I don't want to sink, and I'll sink if I let cancer steal my joy, and I don't want to die while I'm still alive, but then it's what, like, I call it my big butt, my but but how. Yes. <laughs> but how right. butt. I didn't I think Pee Wee Herman had that in his movie. But right. I have a funny story about that. I I take opera lessons and I've taken them like forever. And one of my very early teachers would say, Get your uvula down. Well, I didn't even know what my <laughs> uvula was, let alone how to get it down. It was all a matter of how. I, I mean forget it. But subsequent teachers, they would give me the how. They would say, you know, you, you know, yawn, a little yawn inside, or think of your inside of your mouth as a steeple, or you know, take a deep breath like backwards through a straw. These were techniques. These were strategies. These were something I could sink my teeth into. Now, after someone tells me this, can I do it right away? No, I have to do it over and over till it's habit forming till you get into that that flow. But it's the same thing with happiness. Or when something happens to you that's difficult, you you need the strategies. And basically, Bonjour Breast Cancer is all about the strategies that I came up with. And they weren't all mine. They were things called from friends, from my grandparents, from Cherokee legends, from Socrates, from some of my own epiphanies, which I, I you know, I, I have them, everyone has them, but it's yes. those, that those things that we can grab onto as the how.
1: Yes. And that's one of the things that I really appreciated in the book is when you refer to other, you know, other people, you refer to a woman who had cystic fibrosis and you watching her journey gave you some beautiful insight and wisdom about gratitude. And if you'd be willing to, I'd love for
2: you to share that story. Absolutely. Because that's a I That's a total how, and, and, you know, you made a really great point because some of these gifts we get, from other people and seeing what they struggle is and what they, you know, we get these daily gifts, but it was Danica, you know, changing some facts and everything, but she was a beautiful soul inside and out. And she was in my philosophy class, like this kind of like a video for years. And we knew that she was ill, but she never showed it. She was always smiling. She was amazing. She was a breath of fresh air and she passed away in her thirties and we were all blown away. And I understood that, you know, her, any problem that I might have today, and by the way, I just went against my own rule because I call them challenges, not problems, which is, you right. deal we can get to that later, but let's just call it a problem for now <laughs> because she, you know, Danica would do anything to be in my shoes to have this problem because she'd be alive, right? And it's a lesson that so I turned this into a morning ritual, among other rituals, and every morning, I and you can do it too, everybody out there, because it will pass on her legacy and her help to us, her gift to us in her lifetime. And it's I take three deep breaths, and I say, "Thank you, Danica. Thank you, Danica. Thank you, Danica." Because breathing, the gift of breathing, is a gift. Oh, it is. Right? She would love to have continued to have this gift of breathing. And I remember I read one of her blog spots because she was had been a candidate for uh, lungs and then she didn't get them. I think there's all kinds of things you have to, criteria that you have to, uh, uh, you know, meet. And um, she was talking to another person who had just gotten lungs and they said, you know, I wake up. And I can breathe. I think that's what hit me when I read that. Like, I, I can't believe how I take for granted breathing. And, and it's like, oh my gosh. So Danica said to her, I can't imagine what it's like to be able to just breathe. I mean, come on. This is right. This yeah. is a gift. We have to remember just breathing without strain is fantastic. Yeah. So- these gifts are all around. And I think I'm being diagnosed with breast cancer, that's one of the gifts. That's a point I would like to get out to. There are so many gifts that we get from something like this.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And what I'd kind of like to do is take... Give readers a tiny bit of a background of your breast cancer diagnosis story, and then move through the five steps of Flaunt, and so you can explain some of the tools and tricks and tips that you learned along that way, but I'd like to give them just that summary of what happened when you were diagnosed, because it's kind of a significant
2: story. (laughs) The serendipitous, synchronistic things that were happening. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I I tell people in Bonjour Breast Cancer to suspend your cynicism and stoke your spirituality. And what I want people to know is this is nothing to do with religion. This is nothing to do with anything like that. Because uh, my good friend Fanny, whom I quote throughout the book, she's no longer with us. uh, She passed away as well. But she used to say that doubt is the sign of a rational mind. So it doesn't mean you can you know, give yourself again the grace of allowing doubt, but just open up the idea to possibilities of synchronistic events. So I was diagnosed and I, it happened to be Fanny's birthday. <laughs> so it was like the first, oh my gosh. But I got down there and um, I didn't have a prescription for a 3D mammogram. Now I'm not making any claims about 3D mammograms versus not. I don't know if I would have been detected. Whatever you know, right? You have to make those decisions on your own. When I mean you, I mean the collective you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but the tech, the technician, said to me, "You know what? I see from your prior films that you have fibrous." dense breasts. And I think that you should go on the 3D mammogram re- machine, which I didn't have a prescription for. And it just happens to be open. And I mean, that was unbelievable because these are busy hospitals and they had one machine and it happened to be open. And that's the start of everything that happened. And then they ended up diagnosing; they saw that it was a cyst they didn't know if it was a sister or, you know, uh, whatever. And they biopsied it. And then boom, I found out. And okay. So this is probably what you're getting at. I, <laughs> I wanted to call my sister who is a physician because I was afraid of the biopsy. I'm kind of a little bit of a baby sometimes. <laughs> <Princess> baby. <laughs> a little teeny tiara. <laughs> and, um, but she was, in Colorado on a trip and I didn't want to bother her. We have a relationship where I could have, but I didn't want to do it. I felt I was really being a baby. So I wanted to call her, but I didn't call. So I called my husband to come down because it was about an hour and a half away. And he said, well, sure, I'll come down, but you should call your sister because she's called me four times on my cell phone. Now, my sister loves my husband, but she doesn't call him. She calls me when she wants to call me because why? Unless it's a surprise for me didn't happen. Right. I said, she said something may be wrong with your parents. So I called my sister and she said, Oh, it's so good to hear from you. What do you want? I go, Oh, I heard you called me four times. She had never called me. Okay. She didn't call me and it, but this is happening exactly when I need to hear from her. Right. Okay. So it gets better than that. So there are no, there's no evidence on her phone of any calls, out nothing, and on our phone, on Howie's phone, there are four calls from her, and it says not Verizon, not you know, right, it says from phone her. company. <laughs> it says phone company. What what's that? I go. I said if there's a God. They need a better IT person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that is so funny. And yes, and I love that you
1: said that. And I love how you talked about suspending that cynicism because I actually folded down um, a page in your book along that same, along that wow. same, Yeah. My listeners know that I'm a former attorney, but what listeners don't know is you are too. And one of the things that you talk about is, um, I'm just going to read this this is in the american legal system a person on trial is generally presumed to be innocent there are exceptions to this presumption but let's stick to how it's applied generally in criminal law there's another general rule in addition to the presumption of innocence the issue of a threshold for finding someone guilty which is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in civil case the rule is somewhat different guilty by preponderance of the evidence The upshot is before you throw someone in jail, you better be really sure about it. And I like how you talk about just as there's a presumption of innocence in law, you maintain that there's the presumption of existence, that a higher power is real, and that the signs and synchronicities and symbols coming through are here to guide us.
2: And I love that. And I thought that's fantastic that you picked up on that really uh, attorney you, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it interesting? It's true. We can, because we do tend to doubt and, and it's okay to doubt, but li- why not just shift the presumption?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like that, presuming that you needed to talk to your sister, presuming that perhaps that 3d mammogram machine caught more things, take it and run with it.
2: Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, exactly.
1: Yeah. Perfect. So you get this diagnosis. You have some synchronicities that kinda help you with that. Fear. I mean, breast cancer is a scary thing. What what happened to your fear level at that point? Was it how were you managing that? Were you positive right
2: away or did you kind of so exactly. No, I wasn't positive right away because I, I was frightened on two levels, really. I was frightened for my life. And I was frightened that I would lose myself as who I knew myself to be, which is a positive person. You know, how was I, you know, how was I going to be Miss Princess Positivity now? And those were, so that was so, those were so many things. Plus, the shoe kept dropping because first it was, oh, this is just a small little something. And then it wasn't that small. And then it was like, oh, it's not in your lymph nodes, you know, now it's in my lymph nodes. Like all these things, I kept feeling I couldn't trust anything or trust the universe kind of, which is how I am kind of, oh, I trust the universe, you know, but um, I have a new, I, I would like to make the case that it is really important to set your in the, in this, in the, uh, the direction of optimism. And so what I was starting to say to myself was, well, how can I be optimistic if I don't know the outcome? You know, like isn't optimism about, well, yeah, I'm going to be okay. And What I learned through this journey, again, this is another gift is that optimism is not necessarily tethered to an outcome. What you'll learn is that it's tethered to resilience. And when you actually what is it, Nietzsche said that which does not kill me makes me stronger. Mm-hmm. These things that we go through, these you know, trials by fire, they actually act work in your favor because you realize, I dealt with that. I got through that. And all those are like resilience notches on your belt where now my optimism comes from I will whatever comes my way I'm going to handle it that's bigger optimism
1: yes and you know tying that back to something you said earlier about the young woman with cystic fibrosis it changes at least for me from my trials and tribulations now I look at things that in the past would have taken me down and I'm like oh that is nothing you know, know it's we're we're gonna get through that. That is not
2: a problem. You said a very profound thing because what you're really talking about is perspective. And perspective is key, absolutely key. My dad used to say the guy who's going around complaining that he has no shoes till he sees the guy without any feet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <Yes>. it's <laughs> like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just last, you know, the last couple of weeks, we, I'm not sure when listeners will be listening to this, but at the time of recording a few weeks ago, there was a hurricane that kind of went over the coast of the U S it destroyed the Bahamas. It was pretty significant there, but just having that event and talking to some friends who are having first world problems. Right. I just kept thinking back to the Bahamas and this is not a problem.
2: Exactly. Your,
1: Your phone breaking is not a problem. Right right really that guy you dated who turned out to be a jerk it's not a problem
2: right 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 and um you know and and these things you know they're little and or big and they bother us it's it's like normal that they be bothered us that they bother us but then at some point we we will try to move off it by putting it into the perspective that it is and move on yes. and also well, I wanna make sure that I go within your, you know, rubric of what you want. To do. <laughs> so I'll wait for my extra comments. <laughs>
1: no, you're good because that's what makes the show is exciting is
2: sometimes tangible okay. things. Tang Okay. So um so the idea is sometimes the more meaning we can infuse into what we're going through is one of the biggest strategies. And again, anyone who's read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, that's a big one. Fanny was the one who told me about that book. And um, yeah, it's the more meaning we can imbue. So I get a lot of meaning out of the idea that I can help people with this. And anyone who goes through breast cancer, they can have that meaning too, because just by guiding someone else through it, Here's another big one that I found, and it doesn't have to be breast cancer. It can be any kind of you know, trauma. You show your kids and your friends that you can, you can get through and you can still laugh, you can, or if you're not a laugher, you can still have your perspective. The idea of getting through, even if you're muddling through, you're showing them that you can get, get and that's a gift. huge gift that I feel I'm giving to my kids
1: huge gift huge gift and that actually dovetails perfectly into the first step of flaunt which is find your fetish and i maintain that no matter what is going on within us or around us when we can find our fetish which is our passion that thing that just lights us up it
2: helps it does it really does
1: yeah and i was curious What is your fetish? What, you know, lit you up both through the breast cancer journey as well as now?
2: So um, for me, well, I love writing. So writing is my fetish, I think. So the idea that I was able to apply this and just when it's almost like writes itself so because it's in that flow business, so that's something that I was able to extend to this. So there was another gift here. I write screenplays and musicals too, and humor, and the gift of being able to use humor for it. So I think that's really what that is. And again, another gift. Mm-hmm. And here's another gift. Um, so you know the you know, the Christmas carol story. I mean, no, I don't know that story. <laughs> again, that rock that I'm... When he flings, Scrooge flings open the windows and he's so happy that the energy change that he has is like, because he realized that he's alive, you know, breast cancer can do that for you. I like to say now is the new wow.
1: I love that
2: <laughs> because you your eyes you you see with new eyes is like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, being here and now is a I've been given this grace of a n- another chance if I was going along sluggishly, I didn't really see things, I didn't see my breath as something important, I didn't see the golden light of the sun is something important. We have these new eyes, so that is a, another gift
1: that's a huge gift, and I think that would. I, from my experience with trauma, from hearing you, you know, talk about your experience from other people, I love the phrase new eyes because that's what it is. It's all of a sudden the veil has been pulled back. I I do yoga and they talk about avidya, which is that, you know, veil of confusion that's over all of us. And all of a sudden you're right. They are new eyes and it does make you go, wow, this has (laughs) been here all along.
2: It's exactly right. The ruby slippers. It's a big deal. So that's another gift that people can look at. It's really important. Fanny used to say, everything is a plus. And um, it's real. And she was a Holocaust survivor. So I would say if she says that and her mother, then I have to listen. There is always a plus in something, whether it's learning something or helping somebody else, but the, I always say, What is your choice you, you you're going to sink, you 're going to swim. what do you want to do what's my choice? My choice is to find that way, so you find the pluses and you just try to string them together, and you can 't always do it right away, but the key is know the lotus stone, know the north star, and that 's what it is
1: yes, and you know you said something in your book, um I folded it down, and i don't exactly see it right now, but you said something that to me was the epitome of finding your fetish is you said this is an adventure and you can say yes to this adventure and you know we can't i what i liked about it is as a kid i loved those choose your own adventure novels where you could read and then make the decision about you know which page you were going to read next and i thought yeah sometimes we do get to choose that next page and other times it just comes and we can make it an adventure and find our fetishes within that adventure or we can throw the book down have that pity party in the palace that you talk about and quit
2: that's right that's right it's funny. I wrote, when I first was diagnosed, and I'm not saying, I'm saying that in on purpose because I, someone else taught me, don't say I have cancer, say I've been diagnosed. It's really, it, you know, the, what's interesting about these things, a lot of these things are just tiny shifts in how you look at something. It's not this big, huge shift. These tiny shifts make a huge difference. But um I I talked about the fact that, I gave myself three permissions in the beginning. The first permission was permission to be happy, even though I wasn't sure I was allowed. You know what? We can write our own scripts of our life. So permission to be happy, permission to call myself healthy, which Mm -hmm. was a big one because I would go to another doctor and they would say, well, how's your health? And I said, well, how can I say I'm healthy? I, I was diagnosed with cancer. You know, like, how am I allowed to say that? And I realized, you know what? First of all, I write my own script, but second of all, when a person has a cold, right, they don't go and say, oh my God, now I'm a cold person. They say, I'm a healthy person who has a cold. And I thought, I'm going to look at cancer the same way. I'm a healthy person and I have been diagnosed with this thing that I'm going through and that's, a, it's a little shift, huge difference. So yes, I am healthy and I'm going to be healthy and I'm staying healthy as long as whatever it is, but I am working with this thing. big big shift the third one was the permission to call it an adventure and that's how that tied in it was huge yeah and the story behind that was again with Fanny who's if you have people in your life who are smart and they're you know let them teach you and, and then pass that on so or you'll learn just by learning through them the epiphanies that you have so she was actually dying and I was with her on when she was dying. And she once said to me, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant woman. And she said to me, she called me Dee Dee, how am I going to handle this? And I remember saying to myself, you know, please, whatever energy is up there, give me the brain power to answer this question to this brilliant woman. Cause that's like the, the what is the meaning of life? And I don't know what happened, but it came to me to tell her to say yes to this adventure. So I said, Annie, look at it as an adventure. And she said to me, Remember this brilliant woman? She said, Yes, I'll say yes to this adventure. So she has the, you know, she put her stamp on that. And then when it was my time, when I was struggling, what do I, how do I look at this? I remembered what I had told her. And I said, You know what? I'm going to take some of my own advice. I'm going to say yes and call it an adventure. Because even your body language, you know, I have cancer versus I'm going on an adventure, everything changes. Sparkle.
1: Yes, it is big time sparkle.
2: Right.
1: No, I I love that. That resonated so strongly with me when I read when I read that. I I really like that. And you know, the attitude, the sparkle, all of that stuff, that leads right into that next step, which is um a flaunt, which is laugh out loud. And you use a lot of humor too. And I just wanted to, for you to tell listeners how that was for you. Um, You have some stories in the book about, you know, humorous moments, one, you know, in in a a graveside, but permission to be humorous with it and how you were able to adopt that attitude and not take on everybody else's, oh, you (laughs) have cancer, oh. and stay light how, how did you do that give us hey your- you get a lot of gifts that way <laughs> yes, <you> do. <laughs> don't knock it
2: <laughs> well truth be told again i do have a, a, my kids tell me that i laugh too much as a matter of fact, they don't trust my opinion on anything because i'm always laughing so they can't trust that something's funny when i'm laughing right. my laugh meter is set too high but but I I realized first of all there are there oh was it Norman Cousins has a book out there. I can't remember the name of it, but they talk about using humor for cure and for helping her. So it's it's been studied as a real thing as a real thing but the other thing is I've noticed it is a tool to help yourself with things absolutely it helps you if you're morbid and rigid about things it's it's so much if if it's a taboo subject I mean your friends are going to worry about it because they think things might be taboo or how can they laugh believe me you'll give them such a gift if they know you're laughing about it you know it's like I'm not dead yet you know <laughs> right <laughs> It, so that, but it was a permission. It was really a, because permi- oh, one of the permissions too, um, I, I later adopted was permission to laugh. Mm-hmm. give yourself permission to laugh. Were <laughs> you talking about the one where I was at my, my dad, he passed away and we, he, we were at his funeral. And I remember when thinking, how long does it take for the bones to disintegrate? And then I'm thinking when my bones disintegrate, they're just going to find these two bags. there. It's like if an alien comes down, they're going to say, what, what kind of human was that? Exactly. <laughs> I thought exactly. it was pretty funny you know, at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I and I and I love that. And too, I find sometimes people are afraid that laughter will be disrespectful. Right. Yes. If you're laughing at somebody's pain, yes, it's disrespectful. Right. But most laughter
2: truly is with us, and it's perfect, and it's okay. Oh my gosh, it is. I I had a friend. I can't remember exactly what the <laughs> what the situation was, but I remember. Ta- Talking about somebody with my teeth, some medication that I had with then that it might do something to my jaw, whatever. And he, we're such good friends. It was my dent, one of my dentists, and he said to me, "Hey, you got bigger problems than that." (laughs) And I loved him for it because it was, you know, like we were. We first of all, we're always laughing, but it was that's the deal. We I don't, we don't have to stop laughing just because I had this. Exactly. You know what? That takes it. Then it takes it out of normal. Then everything isn't normal anymore, and that's the worst.
1: Yes. Yes. That's a really good point because you're right. Normally life is fun. And yes, we might want somebody to respect that we're going through something, but not to completely change the rules of the relationship. Right. That doesn't help. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right, I mean, so my, my, my brother, you know, when I was lamenting, I had a rather robust figure and, uh, you know, there's identity changes that come with this too. And I was lamenting to my brother and he goes, Hey, listen, you're going to be like all those other ladies on Park Avenue who have boob jobs. So then I started thinking, Hey, I'm going to, I, I have a new set of Park Avenue boobs, you know, it, but right. it helped me so much. And it was, you know, it's funny. And then, but it was helpful. So yes.
1: Yes. No. Absolutely. I've got my aunt. Actually, just had a double mastectomy uh, a couple of months ago. But you know, we were joking with her that, gee, you really wanted to lose weight, and you're thinking chemo and mastectomy are the way to do it.
2: You know, <laughs> go on a diet, honey. you think you're that way. <laughs> you see, I'm sure she appreciated that so much because now you're normal. Now you haven't changed your relationship with her. Now everybody's like, okay, we're all okay. Yeah that's yeah. a big deal my father who was a physician he said you know what it's just like taking off two big moles <laughs> <laughs> he's right that's true that's true that was that's funny, funny. funny for my dad to say that was great you know and but he had the most amazing sense of humor so funny so we're all joking it's like this is great this is great we've got a joke you know this is I remember thinking when, and this may help people, because I know I helped another person with this one who was facing the mastectomy. I was afraid the night before that I might start freaking out. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I remember thinking about Marie Antoinette. Talk about perspective. I thought, well, you know what? How she must have felt, this young girl going to the guillotine. Oh my gosh, this young aristocrat, you know. And then, and I thought, you know what? She had her head cut off. I just have this. I'm all right. <laughs>
1: right. Right. This is not a problem. So for you, did you have some moments where the fear was so big, you couldn't move into your humor?
2: Yes, absolutely. And it would come in waves and my husband would help me a lot with it. Girlfriends would help me a lot with it. Yes, absolutely. There were, my mother used to say, things look worse at night when you're tired. So just remember that. <laughs> True. My sister too says that. But um, yes, absolutely. You know, first of all, when it went into the three lymph nodes and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to die. You know, I'm definitely going to die. And and just other times, because there were so many unanswered questions. I mean, so this is a nice segue for something that's very helpful. So apparently with breast cancer, at least to my knowledge, they can't like wave a magic wand or have a test that says you're cured. Somehow they don't know and they can't know. So I'm thinking I'm going through all of this, you know. I'm bald and the chemo and the mastectomy and the radiation and the tattoos and the nipple tattoos and no one can tell me that I'm okay. I want a guarantee, you know, yeah. And then it, it hit me and this is very liberating everybody. It hit me that nobody has a guarantee. And the moment that I realized I was asking for something that nobody has, we only have now and today, that blew me away as one of my strategies that helped me. Because I thought, you know what, I have now, I have today, nobody has tomorrow. And not the most healthiest young Olympic athlete, you know, doesn't have it. So we have everything right now. And then I, you have to remember there's miracles, worst comes to worst. There's medicines changing every single day. They can get things wrong about it. You always hear like, yeah, I gave me three months. I live for 20 years, you know? Right. So we just have to keep on going. And the the medical script isn't everything.
1: No, that's true. And that's the perfect segue too into the next step of flaunt, which is the AU accept unconditionally. And that's what you talk about today, 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 today. That's all we have, we might not even have until the end of today. So,
2: 100%. That's believe it or not, liberating. Now, everybody's going home, they're going to stick their head in the oven. <laughs> but For me, it's liberating, but <laughs> because, it's true. Yeah, I, w- I was asking for something that no one has. So, that is a that does tend to hone your focus into the now is the new. Wow, it's really important to get, and everyone talks about that. All the pundits talk about that we should, you know, Eckhart Tolle. All, Everybody that now is a really it was where we, our mind should be and knowing that this is really going to save us that is so true mm-hmm. you know and 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 managing you know I'm learning more and more it's not always about a hundred percent everything some of it's just management of those monkey monkey minds so now it's like yeah they're going to come yeah they're going to be there yeah they're going to be there sometimes but and I'm, now I don't even try to completely root them out. I, I manage them with the strategies from bone breast cancer. That's what it is about managing. The more we can manage, the more we have tricks we can pull out, the better. Is it going to be 100%? No. Shouldn't ask for 100%. Let's just shoot for better.
1: Yeah. I really like that. And, and in terms of fear as well, to say, no, I have these tips and these tricks, and I'm never going to be scared and fall apart. It's not realistic. Yeah. Not
2: realistic at all.
1: Yeah. Except except that your mind is going to go crazy. Except, and you're right, we can't ask for a guarantee. Nobody's got one.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. It's
2: really funny how that helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the acceptance kind of goes hand in hand with the next step of flaunt, which is navigate the negative. Because we have to accept, I think, that we have no control. Really, we have no control. None. Yeah, and then once we accept that, navigation, for me, and this is what I kind of liked about your saying yes to the adventure, navigating the negative to me is about navigating, which is seeing where you need to go. It's not point A to point B, bam, it's done, I rock, this is awesome, it's what's No, yeah.
2: no. It, it's it's not a realistic way that that it's going to happen. Absolutely not. And you're going to you know where's that two steps forward, one step back? There's no plan. It's sick. It's cir- cyclical circular whatever it comes and it goes it's waves and all that stuff but it's so much better when you have a little I like to tell people like have a little pocket full of wisdom that you can pull out you know here's here's one that I would use a lot um I would say yeah but yeah but yeah but I would say yeah but I get to live so it's like a menting that I'm bald okay Uh, I'm I'm bald I'm bald yeah but I get to live I'm lamenting that I lost my boobs. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I get to live. It was another strategy. Like that's kind of in the perspective thing is, <laughs> you know, you get to live and Danica would love that. She wasn't yeah. even able to breathe. So, you know, it's re, these are real strategies. These are real things. These is, you know, you, you, you just need to find, you know, what works for you and not everything will work for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But um, it's you know, have a look, write them down. Remember the synchronicities that happened. The synchronicities for me kind of are signs and symbols that you're being supported. Some mysterious support. It's big for me because I had so many and I would, I would write them down and I'd go back to them. But remember when that happened, remember that happened. Remember when those two cards? you know, remember it's in the book. Remember, remember, those are big things. It's like, wow, there's something bigger. There's something bigger helping me, helping me, helping me.
1: Yes. Yes. And now I like that you write it down and I know you said, you know, writing is kind of your fetish, me too. But even for people who aren't into that, if you can do a little note on your phone or I always have my little sticky note somewhere, just writing some things down sometimes. I love that because that's a great reminder, whether it's a small trauma or a huge trauma, writing down those, those good things and those synchronicities, it's, it's similar to gratitude, but it's different.
2: Right right and it's easy to forget them it's so easy to forget them but when they're if you if you can try to remember to write it down freshly or even dreams or whatever it'll be it'll be easier to you know it's it's you'll remember details that are important
1: yeah absolutely now what about some other tricks do you have any other tips and tricks that you can share with the listeners that really anchored you both in your breast cancer journey and now as you're kind of on the other side of that
2: Yes. I love one that was one of the Cherokee legends called Feed the Good Wolf. And um, this is a a, a really nice one. There's a story, a legend that comes down that a grandfather and his grandson are talking. And the grandfather says to his grandson, you know, everybody inside of them has two... And like a an angel and a devil kind of a thing, a wolf, wolf. It's said in the wolf, a bad wolf, an evil wolf, and a good wolf. And you know they're fighting all the time. And the grandson says, you know, grandfather, well, which one wins? And and the grandfather says, the one you feed. And what that really is a a a parable for the focus that you have. So what you want to do is feed the good wolf. You want to feed your good thoughts. And Fanny used to say that your emotions are like a muscle and if you if you exercise them they become stronger and the ones you let go they atrophy so the thoughts that you focus on gets stronger and the thoughts that you don't focus on gets weaker. So it's not like you try to pull out the bad thoughts, it's what your focus is. And I like to give an analogy, like if you're walking down the street and one side is sunny and one side is cloudy, um, you have the choice to walk over to the sunny side of the street. Now, you know the cloudy side is there, but now you're on the sunny side and the cloudy side isn't your problem. You've made the choice. So it's not like you don't see it. It's where are you going, where are you going to, focus on so that's that's a really good one i like that a lot i,
1: I love that analogy thank you for that because yeah. i know some of the feedback that i get from um you know listeners sometimes is well it's easy for you because and it's like no 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 no, it's not easy for me It is. i like you have always had a sunny happy positive personality but it's my guess that you like me can also spiral down into some pretty- 100%. Stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, and I'd like to make a point there. So to the listeners who feel that way, In positive psychology, there are studies that show that optimism can be learned. That's another point I really want to bring out. Um, And they also have done studies, and there's all kinds of books and research out about this, that you're born maybe with a certain level of positivity, like as a personality, but it can move off the mark. And they give certain percentages of how much it can by thinking like optimists. Optimists actually have like strategies of how they think. A big one is reframing, which is kind of a perspective thing. They'll reframe something. So um, kind of like um, you reframe, again, this is the big one we talked about, the idea of the dying versus an adventure or, you know, breast cancer horror versus adventure. I'm just reframing how I'm looking at it. Uh, Here's another example. So I have to take these, these estrogen blocker pills and I was worried about them because I thought, you know, okay, now I have all this happening. Now they're blocking all my estrogen. Great. That's just great. (laughs) I'm going to have to shave every day too. Every night, every time I get a new uh, prescription of my pills, I write on them youth and beauty pills so when I pick that bottle up, I'm looking at it a different way. It's like calling a, either it's a rainy day or it's a cozy day. These are not lies. These are different ways of looking at something. They they exist in the, they're, they both exist and they're both true. Nobody's lying here, but we're feeding the good wolf. And that's yeah. what listeners need to know about that. That it's, if you can choose it, if you want to be optimistic, you know, barring some horrible medical thing that's impossible, which is beyond the scope of my understanding and knowledge. what I would imagine that the majority of people if are not there and that they can make these, once they make these choices, again, that choice of the decision, then the strategies, then the habit of thinking. It's actually a habit of thinking, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's optimists think in a certain way. It's habits. Yes,
1: absolutely. And
2: just to kind of tag on to
1: that, because I'm I'm a hypnotherapist, so I've oh, been. So you know all this stuff. This. Yeah, but you know, for the listeners, a habit is basically created in 31 days. Now, most people can't just rewire their thinking overnight, but it, again, if you're giving yourself that grace and that space and that knowledge, then hey, in about 31 days, consistently training my mind to feed that good wolf. In 31 days I'm going to be at least in the habit of noticing my thoughts.
2: Right. The notice is a huge thing, the awareness. Awareness yeah. cuz from awareness you can pull yourself off the point, off the mark. You yeah. can go, oh this is what I'm doing. Oh, I'm ruminating. Oh, now I'm doing. Okay, what's my strategy for that, you know? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And to
1: me, sometimes the, you, you know, you, you talked about this too, like the gift of a disease, the gift of a catastrophe, all of a sudden you have to do it because so many people and listeners out there, you might be thinking this, oh, one day I'll do that. One day I'll become positive. One day I'll eat right. One day I'll exercise. One day I'll clean my house. Well,
2: when a catastrophe happens, that day becomes today. That is well said. That's beautifully said. That's right. And all of a sudden you're, you're pulled up by your bootstraps. And so that's an interesting point. So there's a book out there, which I could not remember which one it is. Uh, Bronnie Ware, I think it is. And she talks about the regrets, right? How, deathbed wow. regrets. Yes. And this is a big one. You know, if people can know this, they're going to go, whoa, okay. One of the biggest deathbed regrets, and we're talking about people, she was in palliative care nurse, which means, you know, you're at your end of days and she's taking care of these people who are dying for real. Right. And because we're all dying. Right. <laughs> but they're dying for real soon. <laughs> they're dying
1: for They have a guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's
2: funny. (laughs) That is really funny. (laughs) And she said one of the top five regrets was not letting themselves be happier. So if you know that that's a deathbed regret, oh my gosh, do something about it. Because we are, you know what, we're gifted with this knowledge because we're We've got life left in us, all of us. You're listening. You've got life left in you. You have time. Yeah. You have time. So that was a big one uh, I, that I, I'd i love to tell people about because um, don't have that deathbed regret. You can do something about it. And I think one of the things was they didn't realize that they had the power to, to be happier. And that's where knowing that you could you know learn optimistic skills and those things are absolutely habits and skills that can be learned. And remember, the, the deal is not – uh, on a sliding scale to get to a hundred, we're talking about better. We're talking about moving the mark. That's it. We're talking yeah, about yeah. relief. You know, if you have a really bad itch and you put calamine lotion on it, well, it may be a little bit still itchy, but you're not staying up at night. That kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and I like how you say that because it is about making it better. It's because that's the other thing. Sometimes I've had listeners comment that, "Oh, that seems so fake," because I am sad. You can be sad. You can be fearful, you can be sad, you can be itchy, you can be whatever. But you're right. It's about making it better. So you can still have fun. You know, like your quote, if cancer takes the
2: joy, you're right. Yeah, I'll have died while I'm alive. And again, you're putting a good point in there. It's not like the moment something happens, you have to do that. And you go, Oh, you're talking about setting your sails. Or, you know, and for me, it was I, I wish someone had told me this, but I found it out myself. I was worried that I was going to lose myself. I didn't know it was possible. I thought, I didn't understand about giving myself permission. So when the trauma is hitting, you've got two issues. One is, okay, you're in trauma. And the other is, do you think now that for the rest of your life, you're going to have to be like this? And I argue the opposite. No, you have a grieving period and all this stuff. And even in the grieving period, there's things we can do, right. you know, But, but, but it's the idea of you're going to be allowed to laugh. You're going to be allowed to be happy. You're going to have tools that you can find and you just, that you don't have to sink. Yeah. And allowed to be healthy because you are allowed to be healthy. Exactly. That is a huge mind shift. I call myself healthy, call it out, call it as it is, yeah. and then deal with the other things that happen. I'm telling you, I don't, God forbid, I'm the sickest, sickest, I promise myself, I'm going to call myself a healthy person who's dealing with these things. We're yeah. allowed to write that script. We're allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And, if, and when you think about it, your body is constantly trying to heal. Your body is, try, is constantly at work doing stuff, so you're just in the stages of that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which is perfect. And I really liked, I wrote it down how you said, don't lose yourself. And that goes to that final T piece of flaunt, which is trust in your truth. Because we do have an image of ourself. We do know how we feel. And how terrifying to look in the mirror and say, My hair is different, or I'm bald and I have no boobs, and I can't I can't be me.
2: Yeah, it's it's terrifying.
1: Yeah, and how how did you come to terms with that? That it is you. Things might be different,
2: better. I have a funny, different... story. I have a funny story about that. It is true. I had a friend come over. Now, granted, I'm okay. I'm bald. And and by the way, with with please people out there, I'm laughing about my boobs being cut off. But they the thing that helped me so much is they do for me. They and I think they can. This is the new thing now. They can start reconstruction right away. So you know, I'm being a little cavalier about it. But that helped me a lot that I knew I was going to wake up starting with the reconstruction. But even if I didn't, um, (laughs) I had I'm bald and I'm flat as a pancake, and they come over and go, you know what? I can still tell by your face that you're not a boy. It that way before like what makes me i was like really first of all i was like nice. <laughs> that bad that someone could say i could, could still tell them not a not that that's so bad later on i thought it was kind of funny you know but um yes it is um each thing that i did i tried to look at the transformational advantages so for example the wig I look better in my wig than I did in my normal frizzy hair, so (laughs) the wig was okay. The boobs, okay, you know, Park Avenue boobs, you know, each thing. I Everything that came along, I would try to see a a better angle, and then also I thought about the good things that happened. I know I'm dwelling more on the physical because- you know, it's one of the things that happens if you're a woman. But I never could have worn a strapless gown. Well, I'm a princess. I need to wear ball gowns. So there's a whole running before was like kind of not an option. Now I feel like light, the lightness of being. So there's wonderful things that come of it. If you If you kind of go with the adventure and the trend, I call them the opportunities. You can hop up you know there these are transformations that that can be very positive as well, and again, the mental transformation about now is the new wow, you know, just being more in the wow the the meaning that you can find lots and lots and lots of good things, so I found I was able to keep myself because myself was able to stay positive by looking for the, you know, those, what do they call those monkey bars? You go from like monkey bar to monkey bar for the new thing. And um, being alive is a big deal. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a big one. And I loved how you called them the opportunities because that is true. It's, there are things we have to leave behind. And, you know, I said, I, I do hypnosis and one of the things, this is similar yet different. When a smoker is an identity smoker, It's harder to quit smoking because they've tied their identity up in the fact that I am a smoker. And it's
2: so interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as you were saying, you don't have cancer, you've got the diagnosis. And the way you held onto your identity as you are Diane, you were this princess, you are, and you carried your identity through and you just hopped from thing to thing to thing. Keeping your identity intact, and that's that's
2: huge. That's a great- right. Thank you. And it was the f- the focus that helped me. It was the focus of the things that are still here, still me, and and the grow- and the growth. So the focus on what's good about it. And there was, I mean, I made there were so many wonderful people. The doctors, wonderful doctors, wonderful nurses. I mean, we. I have to tell you something. I had fun. <laughs> Yes. I used to call them my uh, spa treatments, not my chemo treatments. That was another reframing, another way of uh, looking at it. Same thing, but you, you know, it, it, it has that different thing. So I would look at what are some of the positive things. And I want to tell people out there, this is really important. I, um, please don't be afraid to get a mammogram. Uh, if fear is holding you black, back, please do not. Because everybody's experience is different. I know that some people did not handle chemo well. Let me tell you something. I was not sick a day, not a day. And I had major chemo. I had the red devil kind where they, they have to wear hazmat suits. I mean, major chemo, but they know what they're doing these days. It's not a guarantee that you will be okay, but it's not a guarantee that you won't. I thought the guarantee was that you're not going to be okay. I thought, you know, the picture of vomiting and that's it. That's all I knew. And I was frightened. I hate throwing up I hate it and I thought that's what my life was going to be and I was so I was more frightened of that than anything okay that didn't happen so so much of the things that we're going to be fearing didn't happen the radiation didn't make it it's the point is it's not unnecessarily that these horrible things are going to happen like I said if you get bald you get a wig you know they reconstruct right. you there's so many things that you that they can do there's so many support groups it's like pink sisters you know your life opens up in beautiful ways i don't want someone i don't hope they're not wishing to get it (laughs) but i'm trying to tell you that it that don't let fear stand in your way if that's one of the reasons why maybe you're not getting a mammo or something like that because it is not a sentence of sadness necessarily at all i mean people are actually getting cavalier about breast cancer oh that you know like hey wait i want my (laughs) do i want my day (laughs)
1: But that is good. I mean, because you can take yourself into this world, however you are, whether you're, because I'm thinking some listeners might be thinking, oh, well, Laura, Diane, you guys are just funny, bouncy, happy people. I'm sure you met all kinds of people on the journey. Oh, and yes. They can, yeah. They can find people just like them who reframe in a different way, who might- well, be- I work
2: at it. I work at this mindset because yes. I, like you said I can sink like the best of them I can I can 100% and I do but yes. my sails are set to this other direction because I don't want to live there I have on the back of my shoulder that brawny wear I hope I'm saying right study that deathbed regret I mean I don't want that I don't want to look yes. back and say why didn't I? it's like looking back and saying why didn't I tell somebody that I cared about Why didn't I tell somebody I love them? Don't do that to your own life. So I work at this. Yes, I have a sunny position, but you you know what? I'm sure there's some point that maybe I could go over the deep end. I mean, maybe a thousand things happen to me and I'm not, I'm human, but to the extent I can do it and I was able to do it with this and it's possible to do with this, then I do.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love that term setting your sails because you're right. And you know what? People who might be putting off a mammogram for fear, say your sales that it's going to be fine and that you're going to find this out anyway. And it's an adventure either way. It can be the adventure of no breast cancer ever, it can be the adventure of something else. And just dive in.
2: Dive in, exactly. Tools.
1: Yeah. And that's what I like about your book, too. Um, and we need to, I, I need to tell readers where to buy it, our listeners where to buy it. But it doesn't have to be. A book that you read if you have breast cancer. It can be any illness. It can be any trauma, or it's just filled with useful tools for people who might be thinking, "Yeah, give me some of those tools. I right. I could be happier." Um, Absolutely. Yeah, my job's icky, whatever. So, where can listeners get a hold of you and this book?
2: So, I have a website: www and the book, I think it's September, it's available now for pre-order, but September 20th it's going to be released. So if you hightail it over to Amazon, under Princess, I don't know how to under my real name, Diane Uniman, under Princess Diane Von Brain is fried, you, you'll you see it and you can order it. Right now, till it's released, There, if you like ebooks, you can get that for 99 cents. The oh. ebook, yeah, it's, we're doing set that special price. That'll end when it once it gets released. But perfect. Well, thank you so much for your
1: energy, your time, thank your focus, you. and for sharing your journey with our listeners.
2: Thank you. It was a joy, really. It was a joy meeting you. You're amazing.
0: <laughs> well,
2: listeners,
1: as usual, have a glorious, happy week, and don't forget to flaunt.
0: Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams. Live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self judgment, reveal your naked self worth, and re choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt, find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at lauracheadle.com. That's L O R A C H E A D L E.com.